of cars, cars cause harm to the planet Don't you wanna take a joy ride on my tandem? Puppy on a huffy, don't I look so handsome? Bikes and bikes, they so nice like priceless Working on my calves with triceps and bites If I pass the gas, stop the traffic lights I get around round without a driver's license Hello, you walk in? Farewell, I'm off in And I'm whipping through the city with a 40 and a 50 party Hopping on my willy My phone tells me I should stop Good morning, it's Bike Talk. And just a second. Uh, so we're going to start with an interview with Alex Wilson of Westtown Bikes. Westtown Bikes is a Chicago landmark, and, <clears throat> in, uh, and it's a great bike collective. And you can check them out at their website. Uh, just look, at, look for Westtown Bikes. And... I went to Chicago and I talked to Alex Wilson and he told me all about how the thing started. It's uh it's really kind of a model collective. It's it's really huge. They have a lot of programs. And this will start off our show today which is about bike collectives and what they do and why they're why there are so many of them right now and and how this happened and and like that. So we have a few people suppose who should be calling in. And we're going to start right now talking to Alex Wilson from Westtown Bikes. Bicycle Learning Workshop. We offer workshop our uh, sale. Hold on. Bicycle Learning Workshop. We offer bike store. Or is it? We do. Okay, can you state your name and, and what it is you do here? I'm Alex Wilson. I am the founder and executive director of Westtown Bikes. And what is Westtown Bikes? Westtown Bikes is a bicycle learning workshop. We offer both youth and adult programs in bicycle mechanics, safe cycling instruction, uh, environmental and social awareness, and health and wellness. So it's not a bike store, or is it? We do have a bike shop. Our uh, sales shop is called Ciclo Urbano, and... It uh, benefits the work that Westtown Bikes does. It benefits it. Um, you mean it supports it, kind of? Yes. Uh, Ciclo Urbano is a project of Westtown Bikes, and so uh, the the sales go to benefit uh, the operations of Westtown Bikes. That's great. So it's a like a, a hybrid of a nonprofit and 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 business. It is a nonprofit, and I mean, we do have a, a sales shop, but many nonprofits have. Uh, earned income generators uh, museums always have a museum shop yeah so you know hospitals are one of the biggest uh, 
earned income generators uh, for being a nonprofit organization. Nonprofits uh, like hospitals and also universities, they generate lots of earned income, but they are nonprofit organizations. So uh, how did you get started and did you learn about all this on the, as you were doing it or did you, were you doing something else where you knew all about nonprofits and everything? So my background in bicycle advocacy, I've always been a bicyclist and I really got involved in bike advocacy and activism in Chicago uh, in the late 90s through critical mass. Uh, and I was very involved in, in critical mass. Uh, professionally, I worked on a program for the Chicago Department of Transportation's bike program. I w- managed a student marketing campaign that encouraged college students to ride bikes while going to school in Chicago. I did that for about three years, and that gave me a lot of experience in managing a bicycle program. That was uh, federally funded, and the funding ended for it. And so after that, uh, me and some friends uh, put together an earn-a-bike proposal and chopped it around. I uh, got funding for it, and in the summer of 2004, I piloted a summer youth earn-a-bike program called Bicker Bikes. Bicker Bikes is named after its sponsor, Bicker Dyke Redevelopment Corporation. Bicker Dyke does affordable housing on the west side of Chicago. Uh, so in that summer of 2004, I worked with 18 kids from Bicker Dyke Housing, and uh, we had a very successful program. It really became a model for youth bike programs in Chicago. It also set up a shop. Uh, and after that program ended, I entered into a tool loan agreement with Bickerdike that more or less I could use the tools from the program as long as I stayed involved with them. Uh, I found a space, then set up a workshop, and in January of 2005 opened Westtown Bikes. Uh, We started offering adult classes in the evenings and weekends. Uh, I was doing contracting for youth programs through various organizations, uh, after school and summer programs. I built a volunteer base. That volunteer base uh, helped me incorporate and then go for 501c3 non-for-profit status. We received our 501c3 in in January of 2007. Uh, In January of 2008, we started payroll. Uh, in May of 2009, we moved to our present location and opened up a sales shop to help uh, pay for operating costs. Uh, and, and we've been growing our, our programs uh, since. We've become a leading provider of youth bicycle programs in Chicago, and we serve neighborhoods all over with partner organizations. Um, those partner organizations are after-school programs, boys and girls clubs that are already serving youth in neighborhoods all over Chicago. In 2010, we offered over 25 programs and served over 1,000 kids. Is this the first time you've said all that? No, no, no. <laughs> this is a regular, a, a regular spiel that I do. So without you, what would be different in, uh, I mean, I know you probably don't like to talk this way, but what would be different in uh, Chicago, um, you know, bike advocacy, promotion, and education? So after leaving uh, the CDOT student marketing program, which was uh, really, it was done through the Chicagoland Bicycle Federation, which is now Active Transportation Alliance. It was managed through them, contracted through them. What I learned through that was how to do uh, direct service programs, and that's not something that 
uh, Active Transportation Alliance really does. They don't do a lot of direct service. They don't do a lot of teaching individual people. Uh, their focus is more on uh, larger advocacy policy, uh, changing the law and improving uh, infrastructure, that sort of thing. Uh, after my uh, position ended and I did bicker bikes, I really found that there is this huge uh, demand for direct service bicycle programs. Uh, and so that's, that's really where I found my niche, was being able to do direct service programs. And I started out uh, as an instructor and uh, was very successful at that and soon found the demand for it was much more than I could do as an individual. And so I started getting more people involved in training them uh, and quickly grew an organization. Uh, when we hired staff in 2008, it was just two of us on the, the original payroll, uh, me and my then assistant director, Sarah Miller. And both of us did a lot of uh, instructing at that time. Uh, we soon found that we were contracting for instructors, training and, and sending them out to various programs. And uh, as we were taking on more programs, there was more administration. Uh, and I, I soon found that uh, we needed more resources, and I grew into the role of being an executive director. Certainly, I've learned to become an executive director, and it's something that I'm learning more and more. Uh, so from January of 2008 to now, we've gone from two, two people on payroll. Uh, this summer, we'll have probably close to 30 when you include all of our, uh, our teen interns, all of our apprentices. Yes, and so being able to manage that many people, uh, develop programming, uh, train instructors, uh, have a sales uh, and mechanics staff in the shop, there's been lots and lots to learn. Uh, so what what would it be if it wasn't if it wasn't Alex Wilson? I think that that demand certainly would still be there, and there would be people who would rise to fill that demand. Uh, Western Bikes has been very successful, and one of our uh, keys to success is that we partner with community organizations and are able to provide uh, quality programming in communities all over Chicago. Many bike projects just serve their immediate communities, uh, and that is a great thing to do. I think that it'd be great to have a community bike shop in in every community. Uh, it takes a lot of resources to do that, it takes a, and a lot of that resource is knowledge. Uh, so being able to partner with communities who want bicycling uh, and bicycle programs but don't necessarily have the expertise uh, has been a big part of our success. And I'm, I'm very happy that we are involved in helping start up other bike shops uh, in other, other communities in, in Chicago. So what are, what are the effects that you see with these kids that, that come in and your interns? I mean, are, what, what do they go on to do and how do they affect the communities that they're in? A lot of the kids that we, we work with, I like to say that uh, bicycle is a great tool to teach all kinds of other social lessons. And one of my favorite uh, lessons to, to have them learn is that the world is accessible. Uh, many of the earn a bike programs that we do, we are refurbishing bikes that have been donated. Uh, so bikes more or less that have been discarded. Uh, they were landfill bound uh, otherwise. Uh, so they can take this old bike 
We give them skills, teach them skills that they can refurbish this bike. Uh, we teach them to use it as safe and effective, affordable transportation. And we ride all over the city with them, show them that they can go anywhere in the city by bicycle. And then we take them places that, uh, that there's a lot of interest and a lot of need. We take them to schools. Uh, we take them to the loop where there are jobs. Uh, and take them to all kinds of uh, cultural centers uh, all over the city. Uh, and, and show them that the city is accessible and that the city can be as accessible life can be as accessible as taking an old bike, fixing it up, and going on a ride. So do you ever do critical mass? I'd like to hear about, about that. Were you one of the first people to be doing that in Chicago? I got involved in critical mass in Chicago after its first year. I, the first ride I went on was in September of 1998. It was a crazy ride. Uh, it was very... Uh, and kind of, it was very confrontational. I uh, had a big run-in with the police, and lots of people got uh, arrested. Uh, and left a big impression upon me. I thought it was very cool that uh, it was this open forum that was pretty much whatever, whoever showed up, uh, and whatever they brought to it. I saw that as like a huge opportunity to make it a very good time. Uh, at that time, I was working in commercial printing, and I had access to lots of printing, and. My involvement after that, uh, I would bring lots of party favors, uh, stickers and flags, T-shirts, that if people showed up for the party, they would get a party favor. And my my outlook on it was this should be just a fantastic fun time, party parade. Uh, And that was a sentiment that resonated with lots of others, especially others who were were organizing in Chicago, uh, that bikes are fun. And that's kind of the that's kind of the motto, one of the the slogans of Chicago Critical Mass that bikes are fun. Happy Friday, uh, and that caught on uh, really big in Chicago, much more than demonstration or protests, uh, much more than anti-car sentiment. There still are those elements, no doubt about it, uh, but a celebration of bicycling. Uh, became the prominent theme in Chicago Critical Mass, and it became very positive. Uh, Lots of people in the first five years of Chicago Critical Mass really were activated uh, as bicycle advocates through Critical Mass. Uh, Certainly I was, and that, you know, my organizing in Critical Mass helped get me my job with... uh, the Department of Transportation's bicycle program. Uh, they had a weird uh, back and forth uh, relationship with. We couldn't really. The city can't really, you know, condone critical mass, but they've really come to uh, tolerate it uh, in a good way. They don't. It's not like New York, uh, where New York was after critical mass after the National Republican National Convention. Uh, we've had we've had a really good relationship. Uh, the city's been pretty hands off. Uh, if there are arrests made, they're for flagrant public drinking or drug use. Uh, which, if you're foolish enough to do those sorts of things in front of the police, you should not be surprised that you get arrested. Uh, yes. Um, so yeah, I was very involved in, in Critical Mass. Eventually, I led uh, it led me to publish a zine for Critical Mass called The Derailleur, uh, and I published that for 
about four years and uh, printed over 50,000 copies uh, and had all kinds of useful bicycle uh, information in it. Uh, I think one of the big uh, accomplishments for me and, and some others with uh, critical mass in Chicago is how it influenced uh, the city as far as bicycling goes. Uh, the zine that I published, uh, the derailleur, uh, was kind of the template uh, for a zine that's still uh, being published by the city, uh, Student Cycling in Chicago, uh, which is a pocket-sized informational guide, which when I was working on student marketing, uh, one of my projects was to design and edit, uh, and it was really fashioned after this zine that I was doing for Critical Mass. Uh, I haven't been involved in Critical Mass too much for the last five years or so. My focus uh, really became more on Westtown Bikes. Uh, and I think that's uh, much larger advocacy work to be done. I find that uh, Critical Mass, for the most part, is a lot of people who are, who are already converted, uh, who are already into bicycling. And you find that a lot of those people are, you know, come from a certain amount of privilege. They have a certain level of education, uh, pretty similar economic background, uh, ethnic and racial background. And I think that's great. I think it's great that they're involved in cycling. Uh, it's not uh, my target for who I want to see on bicycles. I want to see everyone on bicycles. And... When I look at Chicago and the face of Chicago, it's very diverse. Uh, if I was to break it down really roughly, very generally, I would say about a third of Chicago is white, about a third of it's black, and about a third of it's Latino. And critical mass uh, really doesn't cover about two-thirds uh, of that face of Chicago. Uh, and I wouldn't say that absolutely. Uh, certainly there's all kinds of people who show up for critical mass. Uh, but there's greater work to be done. And in, in many communities throughout Chicago. And that's really where I focused a lot of my work. And I found in doing this community work that it's much more than about bicycling. That there are far greater needs in, in many communities uh, than getting a bike lane put in. Uh, or, you know, uh, dealing with hostile motorists. Uh, you know, I think that often these are the, the thoughts of lots of people who self-identify as cyclists. Uh, larger, larger concerns in many communities in Chicago are about uh, economics, about uh, jobs, about housing. Uh, transportation is certainly uh, an important one. And transportation, you know, is interrelated to you know, the economy and jobs and housing. And, and again, a bicycle is a great tool, uh, a great tool to help build community. And being able to, you know, show all sorts of people that here's a great tool that you can use to help build community uh, has been very rewarding for me. Uh, certainly, uh, I've seen those changes in the communities that... Uh, Westtown has worked in, and, and definitely in Humble Park, where our, our facilities are located.
So what do you think you attribute your success as a teacher to? Oh, why is that? Why have, has, have you been in demand? Because that seems like either a teacher or, I don't know, party promoter, I mean, or editor. You know, what are you essentially, would you say, or organizer? I guess I would say that I'm an organizer. Uh, Westbound Bikes uh, is very good at uh, accepting and accommodating all sorts of people. Uh, there are certain standards that we expect, but we expect them from everyone across the board. Um, otherwise, you know, if you're interested in bikes, you are very welcomed. Uh, and, and even if you aren't, uh, you are welcome, and you're going to be uh, introduced to a lot of a lot of cycling. Uh, I think that one of I think that one of my big keys in, uh, to success that. Uh, in the community work that I've done in Humble Park and throughout Chicago is that uh, it's become very understood with our partners that uh, we're here to help you build community uh, and we want to add what we have to plans that you already have for building community. I think that often do-gooders uh, come into neighborhoods that are foreign to them uh, with the idea that they're here to save somebody. Like, we're here to save you. Uh, and I think that's uh, offensive to a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, the Americas were kind of conquered that way uh, with this idea that we're here to uh, save the savages. Uh, and, yeah. And, and people are, people are yeah, take offense to that. Uh, and I think it's very, I think this can be the difference between uh, charity and service. Uh, when you uh, go to work with somebody uh, with the, the mindset that uh, you're being charitable, that you're you're giving them charity, that puts you in a position of power. Uh, that I have something to give to you. I have something to be, to bestow upon you. You are somehow indebted to me uh, because I'm bestowing you. Uh, compared to the idea of service. Uh, where I am in this situation with you, I want to find ways that we can make things better for all of us. Uh, I think that's one of the keys to uh, West Town Bike success and uh, the community programs that we've been involved with is that we're very service-oriented. Uh, we really find partners and find ways to work within communities that are uh, working hard on building their own community and how do, how do bikes fit into these plans of building community instead of coming in and imposing uh, our ideas of how things should be uh, how how your life could be better if we impose our ideas on it uh, and offering something uh, compared to imposing something good sounds good um so now can you just Tell me something. I know it sounds like you've done this enough to know what if there's if there's anything else that should be put out there, you know, that I'm not asking. Maybe I like to say that bikes are fun. You know, that's uh, one of the main reasons uh, people ride bikes, and that's usually the easiest way to get to get people on bikes uh, is that it's fun. And then there's all this other great stuff. Uh, you know, there's all these other awesome opportunities that once you get involved with, with biking, present themselves. You know, certainly they're the health and wellness, uh, environmental, economic, uh, social. Uh, there's all these great reasons. But usually I've found that the, the best hook, uh, the, the 
best reason people ride bikes is because bikes are fun. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I think people are starting to look for me. Okay. And that was Alex Wilson from Westtown Bikes in Chicago. And yeah, I got to turn on the monitor. Okay, so we're here in the studio, and to the number here to call in if you want to talk about bike collectives and what they mean and why they're in every city in the world, it seems like. I'm sure, there's a, I'm sure that's an overstatement. But that's what we're talking about and what they do and what they mean. 213-252-0998. 213-252-0998. Two five two zero nine nine eight on Bike Talk. We're gonna. We, I got a couple more of these Chicago interviews from Westtown Bikes. But Chicken Leather, here you are, and you are with Bike Oven. I am. Uh, I'm part of a bike collective in uh, Northeast Los Angeles called the Bike Oven. That was started by Joseph. Uh, what is Joseph's full name? Bray Ali. Bray Ali. There you go. <laughs> And yeah. he started that in his uh, uh, garage, his brother's garage, and it soon expanded to two garages. And I think by the time it, it, we were uh, asked to uh, relocate, only because I think they needed the garages back for rentals there, um, we had expanded to three or four garages by that time. And there's a telephone call. Huh. Bye, Chuck. The, the hey, Nick, it's April. We're on the air, April. Hi, everyone. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm trying to make some breakfast. I just finished a 40-mile ride. Um, wow. But I, wanted, I was tuning in, and I wanted to, to ask a question, and I'm really looking forward to the whole show today. Oh, good. What, did um, you, yeah. Sorry, what? Did you have a question already, or were you waiting to see what we did first? Oh, I was just responding to what I was hearing on the show. Mm -hmm. Is that... I was listening on my phone, and then I turned off the radio, and now I'm calling you from my same phone. So um, is it is it pre-recorded, or do you actually have the guests in there that I was listening to? No, that's from Chicago when I visited. Oh, yeah. darn. Okay. Well, what was the question? <laughs> well, uh, Chicken Leather wants to know what your question was, though. Maybe he can answer um, in the character of Alex Wilson. Okay. I wanted to know... Um, I wanted to talk about slash know slash bring up the point of bike collectives um, because I'm involved with helping out the West Hollywood Bicycle Coalition come to life. And, and um, something we've talked about is the lack of a, um, a bike shop and a co-op in that neighborhood. And I wanted to kind of get these people's thoughts, um, now it's going to be you two, <laughs> on forming a collective in a neighborhood without a co-op and without a bike shop and, and how all of that overlaps and how important it is and um, just kind of um, as a jumping off point. So that's my question. Yeah, actually, uh, this, this gets back to initially um, the bike oven moved into a, a space that was cohabited by a, uh, let's just say, uh, a alternative bookstore. And that, okay. that kind of theme has run through um, not only our creation, but our, our sort of thing. And they say, well, what do you mean? It's the idea of the dissemination of knowledge, uh, the, the, almost in terms of it being free in some cases, 
um, there, there is no great mystery to, to a bike shop or something. And a, and a lot of times, um, mechanics, at least some of the mechanics that I've, I've run into have said, oh, you know, there's no great mystery, but you really want to know what you're doing sometimes with some of this. And I, I think that's the essence. A, a little knowledge can, can hurt you in that respect. But, but getting back to the, the free dissemination of knowledge, we've, we've always been upfront about the fact that if we don't know something, we ask, which is a little bit different from some people. Um, I, I think that's a, a, something we do. And the, and the bike shop itself, um, the, the Flying Pigeon was able to move into something afterwards near us. So it was almost like a complimentary kind of thing. Uh, okay. Uh, sometimes uh, the bike collective can help in, in things to teach rudimentary basics that uh, somebody in a bike shop might be like, oh, I've done this like 80 times or something. And, uh, you know, why do I need to show somebody else yet again how to fill a tire? But as, as you do this, you, you realize that this is, you know, their, their eyes light up, and it is a teaching experience. Maybe that goes back to what our, our uh, speaker from Chicago was talking about, how it is that, that you're, you're touching on that, and thereby it's a, a template for uh, more interaction within the community and, and also the, uh, I, I'd like to say the wonder as opposed to just the fun part of it, uh, the, the learning. Well, and it's certainly empowering to, to teach someone um, to work on their bike and to, to, for someone to have the skills to be able to take themselves into the world and, um, and be more self-reliant. Um, maybe, maybe you can have Chicken Leather come and help you start a bike, to, um, a bike collective in West Hollywood. Uh, well, the, the, um, we, I, we would love to have Chicken Mother come to the, the West Hollywood Bicycle Coalition meeting. I don't know when the next one is, but I would be happy to um, put that information on the, the, in the bike talk wall. Okay, sounds good. So, uh, anything else? What are you doing today? Um, eating some breakfast right now. <laughs> and, and doing the dishes? Is that what you're doing? Yes, yeah, exactly. I'm doing the dishes and eating bread. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Sorry. Are you sore from the ride? Where'd you ride? Um, from the zoo to Pasadena and up over some hills and back through, through Burbank and no, Glendale. We want to know specific hills. Oh, somebody here wants to know specifically what hills. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Chevy Chase and the Lida Hill. Oh, that's a real hill. A real hill. Yes, it's a real, real hill. So now I'm gonna eat a real breakfast. All right, April. I'm thanks for thanks really for really excited. Thanks for supporting the show. What you're, you're excited? You sound sarcastic. Oh no, no, no! I'm 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 very excited about my breakfast and okay. my weekend. And thanks for. I'm glad the line wasn't busy. You guys have a great show, and I'm gonna turn it back on. Cool. All right. Take it easy. See you. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, I, I, I want to add last night that uh, I, I did a little bit of writing. I uh, went to five of the rides last night to pass out flyers for the Bike Film Festival, and hopefully we'll hear from uh, somebody to blurb that later on. Otherwise, we're going to do our own best for the, a couple minutes. But let's get back to the collectives here. Uh, um, yeah, actually. We were, we were talking about uh, how the bike ending got started and how it's evolving. There was, there was also an event earlier this year, and I'm, I'm just going to – by, by way of comparison, uh, say that the, uh, the bike oven had a lot of input from uh, the bike kitchen. In a lot of respects, uh, uh, Jimmy, who started the bike 
kitchen was able to contribute uh, tools, uh, materials uh, to the bike oven when it was starting in, in the garage. And then later on, we were able to supplement this with, uh, a as we got income, we, we put some of it towards tools and, and materials. And I, I can't express enough the, the, uh, the input of, of all our volunteers from uh, the, the two halves to uh, Joseph and, and earlier on, uh, Steve Vitano and, and other people that helped to, to shape and actually change uh, not only architecture, but the, just the way um, knowledge is uh, disseminated within the, in the bike oven. And, and sure, we've, we had some bumps along the road, but uh, we, we like to believe that we're, we're still evolving. Uh, as, as, we, as I say that, we went to uh, Bike Bike, which was uh, um, a, a big movement here. It was a local Bike Bike. Um, Every year, I should preface that uh, they pick a city and they have this where all the collectives come together. I think this year it was in Austin. And um, while the economy didn't let us get over there, and the idea of going to Texas in the uh, springtime just didn't really appeal to us. It's still hot all the time. All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play. We, we had our own here in in LA, and we'll we'll talk more about this after we listen. To I got this. I got I got these four interviews. One's with uh, Alex, one's with Chopper Carl, who's uh, also at Westtown Bikes. One's with uh, Liz Clarkson, who's the program manager there. One's with uh, two girls who volunteer there, Shakora and Adriana. Fantastic. Is this local or Chicago? In Chicago. Oh, awesome. Chicago's a really big bike town. So I, I can learn. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. Ready? It's like being a bike bike. We got to talk about bike bike too. Okay. You work at Westtown Bikes. Yes, I do. I've been working here seven years. What got you started? I met Alex at uh, Critical Mass, and I liked the way he had set up his bike. And uh, he told me to come over, and uh, we've been friends ever since. When did when was that? When did you start doing Critical Mass? Uh, about eight years ago. So I started, and I've been doing it ever since. I after that, I have never missed a Critical Mass ever since. Still doing it? Still doing it. And what do you like about Critical Mass? Uh, it's like a, to me, it's like a rolling party. Uh, you, you have fun. You get to ride with different bikes, bikers, uh, and you get to take over the streets. You're not cooped up in a, a car. Um, and what did you do before getting into the bikes? Uh, I, believe it or not, I was a bus driver. Oh, really? Yes natural competitor of the bicyclist yes <laughs> yes i drove a school bus for uh, 10 years and uh, my eyesight got kind of bad and i retired from that and i met up with alex and i've been working at west town ever since and what do you do here i am a bike mechanic and a instructor and so we know what a bike mechanic is tell me can you tell me about the the instructor part of it uh, the instructor is uh, you show people, you teach people how to work on their bikes. Uh, you show people different parts of the bike. Uh, you just instruct them how to do it and teach them the way of the bike. And, and what kind of people are you teaching? Uh, different people from young children all the way up to senior, senior citizens. How does it work here? Uh... Like on Tuesday nights, if you come, we have a thing called open shop. You come in, uh, you throw your bike in the stand. We'll show you what to do. And when you're done, you put some cash in the can, the can, a donation can. And that helps out the 
children programs that's going on here. Okay, so how, how much people, what's the suggested donation? Uh, the suggested donation price is about $10 an hour. So people come in, they put together bikes, they fix their bikes? Uh, they do all that above. They put them together, they fix them up, uh, change flats. Uh, you know, you have everything from brand new bikes out the box getting put together from just simple spoke replacement of the wheel. How is that different from actually being the mechanic? Uh, I get a joy out of uh, showing them how to do it, and then they know. It's just like, if you don't know nothing first time you do it, okay, I'll put this machine together. So, instead of somebody paying, because before I knew about mechanics, I had to pay. Every time I needed something done, they charged me out the way to do it. So, once I learned how to do it, it saved me a little bit of money. So, yes. So now this is your full-time job, right? And you're making a living? Yep, this is my full-time job, and I make a little bit of, of a living out of it. Yes, I do. All right, that was Chopper Call from West Town Bikes. This is Bike Talk, 213-252-0998. So that was Chopper Call. They, you, he talked about how they open stand time. Is that the same at every collective, Chicken Leather? I don't think so. I think uh, a lot of them um, don't don't do open stand time. But if you tell them that uh, you're broke, they'll they'll make some sort of consideration. I know we do, but you've got to be upfront about it. Like you can't like be there for five hours and I got about four hours and, and say, oh, by the way, I don't ha I only have a dollar, you know. And usually, you know, there's a there's a theme. We used to kid our each other. The kids would come in wanting air, and then the next thing they'd say is. Well, my brakes are messed up. And finally, it'd be like, you know, I, I really have this kink in my bottom bracket. And by, by the end of the day, you have torn apart and rebuilt their bike. But um, So people usually take advantage we, of it. Yeah, and we, we try to tell them that it's, it's not a full-on bike shop. If they want us to do it, it's there, you know, there's a bike shop next door that'll do that service. It's, so it's more like we want you to get dirty and, and do hands. And in fact, we, we make that consideration that if you do all the work and you, you're putting in the effort that uh, it, it will reduce your costs considerably. Okay, so we're talking about bicycle collectives and yeah. sort of what is, I'm, I'm sort of approaching it like is there a movement, the bicycle collective movement because, well, first of all, let me say call in 213-252-0998 about that, but 213-252-0998. And it, would you say there's a movement? Uh, yeah, I think there's something afoot. Uh, I think it's the idea of uh, um, mechanics. I, I make no um, uh, hidden agenda about wanting to get more people on bikes. I think a lot of people do, especially within the, the bike movement. But I, I like to also think of it as an alternative to uh, some other parts of transportation. I know in some respects, um, we've, we've, I mean, you were amazed when he was talking about being a bus driver and you were saying it's a nemesis. I, I happen to believe that that's not really true. There's been a couple times when... You're referring to where I said the bus uh, yeah, is the natural there, uh, I, I competitor don't think so. of the I mean, bike. I, I've seen it cut, cut me off in two, but uh, uh, contrary to that, I've seen sometimes where, you know, you get, get there and the bus driver actually stops before he pulls away. You know, he's pulling away from the curb and he'll actually stop if you wave him down. So there's... There's, I think, just like in every business or every kind of occupation, there's some people that get it, what they're doing, and some people that don't. Uh, 
But it's, I, it's I was also really amazed because on on some of, I mean, I've had the full gamut of people saying, "Oh, we're doing you a service, taking the bikes into other people," saying, "Let let me help you out," you know, which is which is great. I mean, in the middle of the night, I've been stranded with broken bikes that I never was going to get home unless I walked it, and there has been a metro, or in this sense, there was a bus that, that got me within a block. So instead of walking like, you know, eighty blocks, I'm walking one block for a dollar, which. You know, okay, it, so it offsets. so it's you're an econ- you're economic. I, okay, well, yeah. I take it back. It's not the competitor of the bicycle, <laughs> but but there is a way in which that you know when you're the, there's a lot of times when that bus is kind of crowding you. Oh, absolutely. This is like honking at you, not not in yeah. rush hour and stuff, which is um, I, I'm I'm noticing that more and more. Uh, the other day when I, I I came back, I was able to. Uh, but wait, did did we talk about whether it's a movement or not? Did you? clear that up for I me think, i think we did was the answer yes or no uh yeah or I was mean, it more complex <laughs> more complex movement or not movement do you mean movement in the biological sense like well, like a no because it, movement there were movement no in the revolutionary sense in a revolutionary because there was no bike collectives like 10 years ago and somebody's going to correct me on that i i think there there was uh the soft At movement of people LA. knowing how to how to work on bikes and everything but it wasn't as, uh, let's just say, profound as it is now. With, and and uh, th- now, and now they're everywhere. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just draw a correlation that uh, last Sunday, somebody told me that uh, at 1 o'clock on a Sunday in the middle of August, uh, there was the highest per capita, I mean, this is goes back to television background, uh, more people watched last Sunday on TV than they'd ever watched before, and it there was no Lance. There was no anything. It was just the uh, some uh, something in the middle of uh, the a sports block on NBC. They they carried uh, part of the uh, the Colorado Springs uh, kind of bike thing where Levi Levy uh, kind of um, so you're I, saying I guess, that won the stage and more people have watched that than than any so sort of so maybe it's interest in bikes in general is I, has been on I the I think rise. so, but I also think it's also. Um, just uh, our, the ridership has gone up, Wh- whether it be the economy and the idea well, that people don't have to fill up a tank of gas, right. or whether it be the, could it be the environmentalism exactly, whether global it be the, warming, the offset that you're offsetting your carbon footprint in that respect. Uh, but but we're we're also noticing with some of these collectives, do it yourselfism. It's it is the DIY is the DIY festival is going on downtown today. Uh, oh, it is uh, in. Uh, in of all places, the the historic park, which I I think really who's who's sponsoring that, like Honda. I no, I'm I just really kidding. I'm just kidding. Who's the, doing it? But I, I really kidding. would like to see the space become while while part of it still is it's a joke. A small part still has a, 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 something of its roots in in the Lauren Bond art project of Farm Lab. A, a lot of it is undergone a lot of change, and I think they're realizing it. It's great to have open space as a venue, but. I'm wondering if they're going to be able to utilize that space a little better. Um, it, and I'll, I'll make the, the straight comparison between what they tried to do. They've always tried to get a central park or a Times Square in Los Angeles, a central meeting place for everybody. And that, that has failed. Um, and, and it's funny because the only other time, and you're going to laugh, that this was discussed in any kind of seriousness was, um, out of all places, the Ciclovia. Good had a talk with uh, three or four different environmentalists and um, what we would call uh, architects and city planners 
about this very thing about how uh, LA is just Has bent no over center. backwards about spending money to develop a section, and they've done it in the twenties with uh, uh, some of the. You'll notice downtown near the um, garment district how some of the streets sort of uh, cross in weird patterns, and then they they open up into an area right there off of uh, Main where it's Main and Spring and a couple other things. And you say, hmm. uh, why why was this why was this done? It wasn't because of the streetcars or anything. But it was their attempt to uh, sort of make it like a Times Square. And I think they had one event down there in the 20 or 30 years. And it, it never caught on. And in fact, uh, uh, during the millennium, they tried to make, uh, I think, Grand a focal point, And they had some bands there and stuff. But, but again, so, it's so what's the idea the that people are coming from the valley that, to here. That, well, the reason I'm, I'm bringing yeah. this up is because if it's this central point of bringing together things versus the fact that, um, you you do put out a grid of transportation. You do present a um, a, ba- a backbone that was already there with the red car, and then you sort of rip it out for, for in favor of the car and don't replace it with anything. And you're saying, what does this have to do with bike collectors? It's the idea that if if you have an infrastructure for people to um, look at transportation differently than just the A to B, or look at what you take as transportation for A to B. You're, you're going to uh, explore a lot of opportunities and stuff. I, I, I personally think that not any one is the answer. I think it's going to be uh, a melting pot of all of them, whether it be with metro, with um, bikes, with, with even cars in some respects. So I, I guess you're tying in the uh, co- whether or not it's a collective movement to the whole uh, infrastructure. like. Wh- oh, I, I believe that some collectives, as we saw... Uh, especially things like uh, microwave mm-hmm. and the bike oven and maybe even the bike bike kitchen, um, they, they all spawned out of that need for uh, not only f- filling that need, that niche, but, but also I think uh, there, there was a lot of environmentalism, if only for the fact that they lended their names to uh, the eco-village where the bike kitchen was. Um, maybe not so much... Stealing the idea outright, but uh, a, a bit of the positive uh, thunder that uh, was able to e- encapsulate that. And if we remember back five years ago, there was Bike Summer, and th- there was that sort of a seed that started at the time that, that brought a lot of people together, and they realized that it's not just about being in a, a Peloton or something, that you can really enjoy yourself on a Friday night without having to dump all your money into gasoline. I think gas at the time was... Four fifty or five dollars, uh, getting in there, and and okay. that was that was a big part. I, too. I got a I got my third of five interviews. All right, let's let's this listen one to it. And who's is this? With, this Nick. is with Liz Clarkson. She's the program manager at West Town Bikes. I've actually heard Liz talk at at our bike summit about uh, two three years ago. She's really great, and yes. she was also also the um, Chicago Messenger prom queen at the Messenger career prom really uh-huh. was it was it like she she danced with the prom king i would she, imagine she there the was first dance? some kind of See, acknowledgement. That's, that's too much fun within the <laughs> play the interview am i having too much fun right now <laughs> okay i am the program manager so i uh seek out coordinate and provide programs um each season you know there's like fall winter, spring, summer programs that, that take place. And I have 
in-house instructor who you already talked with Lebster um, he's my in-house instructor and that only that only counts for about 20% of my programming the rest takes place off-site um, at different schools and community centers in Chicago um, right now the farthest one is about 13 miles south of here and the farthest north is about eight miles northwest um, in Portage Park and as far south as Auburn Gresham and you call it your programming yeah, my uh, youth bicycle education programming. So there's four main uh, topics that we cover in bike program, and one is safe cycling instruction. So all these youth that participate in our programs get, you know, are learning how to ride bikes safely on the street for transportation and also for fun. Um, basic bike maintenance and repair, um, depending on the age group, you know, if, if it's a high school high school program we can go in a little more depth and the motor skills and the attention spans are a little longer but basic bike basic bike maintenance and repair um, then also health and there's a health and wellness component um, so talking about nutrition and being active and then also environmental and social responsibility so talking about how riding a bike is good for your community and it's also good for the planet um, and so each of those four things are in all the programs some of them are as short as, you know, one clinic, you know, or like a workshop. Um, and the most advanced one that I have, the most, <laughs> the most advanced youth program I have going on is my advanced apprenticeship called the Bike Professionals Program going on right now where teens that have already participated in high school bike programming are, are actually hired by me um, to experience different types of jobs within the bicycle industry here in Chicago. So there's, um, you know, hauling, hauling trailers and doing, taking the recycling to the Center for Green Technology. There's an urban agriculture component where they're, where they're riding their bikes to the farm and building compost, um, compost bins and working on farms. Um, fleet bike maintenance. We have a huge fleet of bikes here that the students get to ride in program. Um, also, uh, there is a cargo bike and trailer building component to the program, and also an, an events team. Like, uh, so that group of teens goes out to different different community events, specifically focused within our neighborhood, um, to encourage more youth to start biking more peer to peer. Um, and then I have this is. There's like there's 15 youth and they're all doing different things all the time, um, and then I have youth program assistants. So I'll have teens go out and assist my current instructors at their on site at their locations. I think that's all of them. There should be seven or eight, and girls bike club. We're we're starting a girls bike club. That was something that was a priority to me, um, having experienced the women in trans open shop, um, seeing that there needs we need to create a space for the young women in our community to come and learn about bikes because we have a few teenagers but we need like a girl will straggle in every now and again to our um, regular bike club but I would like to create a space to encourage young women to start riding so that started up last week and those girls are working hard to create a curriculum um, to encourage more young women to ride. Do all the elements are they part of your program at each location? Oh no, this one's just for the advanced apprenticeship. Um, those four ones that I listed at the beginning, those are those are the main ones that are in every program. Um, based on how much time I have at each site, um, how many students are participating, 
what time of year it is and um, how old they are. I the it's a little difficult to grasp the programs because I tailor them individually to every site. You know, some schools will have more of a focus on um, the science and math part, so we'll do more with navigation. You know, Chicago's on this amazing grid, so everything is multiplied or divided by eight. Um, so sometimes we'll spend. <laughs> Did you know that? No, I don't get it. The um, a mile is, a mile is every eight blocks. Okay. So um, most of the math that I do is in eights. So that that'll be like an entire unit that will that will cover. Um, and some some schools want to focus more on like the health and wellness, so it'll be more ride oriented. Um, like we just want everybody to go outside and be safe and ride, and so it'll be it'll be tracking health and wellness things like that. Um, and then a really unique program that actually just wrapped up this spring. We had in school bike program during the day as an exploratory class, like library or gym, um, over at Ames Middle School, um, and we'd been having bike program there in the day as a class for the past three years and the funding for that uh, seems to have dried up at this point and we're searching for more funding to keep that going but we were we were servicing or we were educating you know these at least 400 400 youth and the idea was to get all these middle schoolers bike safety education and safe riding techniques before they went to high school and learned how to drive a car so then well, it's important that they learn before they drive a car? Abs- yeah. yeah. Um, it <laughs> when I go out on rides with teens, uh, group rides, I can definitely tell the ones who, who know how to drive a car. Um, they will look to the left and the right. When you get to an intersection, they'll be, n- they'll be paying attention to the alleys. Like they're, doing, they're looking every which way as opposed to the ones that don't drive that just sit there. And I mean, I mean, they're riding their bike, but, you know, just stay focused on the person in front of them, you know, kind of like a person in a passenger seat. Um, and if, if you have the skills and awareness to, to make sure that you are riding safely, but that also being aware of what else is going around on around you, you know, I think if I ever chose to drive a car again, I'd be a much better driver. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say about Westtown Bikes or biking in Chicago? Or teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, or all three of them together. Yeah, <laughs> I think being able to work with youth and, and acting as more of a mentor educator as opposed to a teacher. I I don't ever consider myself like, I think of a teacher as really one way, but I know that I learn a lot from the youth that I work with on a, on a regular basis. So both of our lives are, are changing and being made better through the experience by using the bike as a tool to discuss life skills, to talk about um, all kinds of things. It's really been an amazing experience. I see students that are that have a hard time excelling within the traditional classroom setting, really setting the pace for the rest of the class in bike program. Um, it's not it's not about sitting behind desks and memorizing and learn and learning in a, in that way. Um, but it's more experiential and kinetic where they're getting to use their hands, they get to work in small groups, they get to use tools, and, you know, it's, re- it's visual, it's hands-on, it's, it's different than, you know, being in an algebra class where it's all really theoretical or, you know, like plugging, it, plugging in the numbers and ch- churning something out. Um, I've had students that, you know, were, that I didn't know were in special needs or in special ed until the end of the program when one of the site managers came to me and said oh miss liz you know you uh, 
I, I really I can't believe that you work with those students. Um, you know, they're all special ed. And I said, what? What are you, what are you talking about? You know, they were, they were great in my class, you know, but it's, it's a different type of environment. Um, and the, it really, that really blew my mind. That was the first class that I taught for Westtown. Um, you know, having, not knowing that I had students that could, that were failing all of their classes, but doing so well in the bike mechanics and riding, you know, um, it, maybe because they thought it was fun, maybe it had partly to do with me as an instructor, but I'm, I'm not that bold to say that. I don't, I think it's just that bikes are a different way to, to learn. Um, and it definitely attracts students that don't excel in the traditional classroom setting. And I think that they get a lot out of it. Um, I mean, it attracts students that do well in addition, you know, it, it also gets good grades. We have th those types of students as well, but, um, those who benefit the most are the ones that I think have a lot of problems in, within the school setting. Um, and that, that makes me feel good to be able to facilitate and to help empower students that are so used to not doing well, you know. Um, they get that disenfranchised and ready, ready to accept the fact that they won't do well in school and people say school is so important it's so important you know and if you don't do well at school then what else are you going to do and we offer with through bike program you know that's a that's a way for those students to excel and see that there there's a way to do something you know outside of the school system or without going on into higher education you know they could go into a trade they could there's all types of other options for them out there and I appreciate that before I was working here, or do, working in bike advocacy, I was a retail manager for a corp corporate retail clothing store off of Michigan Avenue, and I rolled the dice on a, on a part-time seasonal bike job with no benefits, <laughs> and uh, I'd, I previously I'd always thought that I could just do whatever kind of job, because I'm a good hard worker, and it doesn't matter what I do, but the difference between doing a good hard job and then working working for a cause or working for something that you care about um, and is personally rewarding and challenging uh, really changed my life. It's great. It's hard. It's good. <laughs> Bike talk. Is that okay? Yes. Two one three two five two zero nine nine eight. So she's talking about what we were talking about, CL. Yeah. And and that was. Um, how people drop out of the corporate yeah that's that's a hard thing with I think every bike collective we found um, we we had uh, the bike hub in Long Beach talk uh, that that's just big bike Dan and there's they're only open like two or three days a week only because of uh, the transiency of, of how their volunteers work but I, I, th I think that's a an ongoing thing people get in there for certain reasons like she was saying and then um, they either gravitate towards understanding the concept of like, oh, I've learned this stuff and now I want to be able to uh, sort of help other people with it or they, they learn this stuff and then it becomes, oh, uh, I, I've got what I want and I'm moving on. Well, you moved, you went out of the uh, TV industry. You're an, an example of this too. And uh, Yeah, but we were, I, I was uh, using that by example about the cutthroat nature of it. There, there doesn't seem to be that, but in some respects you could, you could argue that if you've been to InCycle or any of these, I, I don't mean the store InCycle, but if you've been to, what, what's the big uh, uh, 
dog and pony show in Vegas that they always have. It is in cycle, isn't that what it is? I, where, where I they don't know. Show you all the different products and brands and what you could carry at your shop or something. Oh, but um, I I think it also has to do with uh, just the concept of how we look at bikes. How um, ar- around me I was able to see within the bike kitchen uh, and and some parts at Eco Village because it goes that far back. Uh, how it wasn't just about transportation, but it was also about the way you do it it's it's about the the style and stuff and and um so so what does that have to do with like like chris carlson in nowtopia that we were just talking about he right. talks about how he's the guy that started the, critical mass in san francisco right yeah and he was on the show right and, and he talks he talks about how a lot of the diy movement that is actually kind of trying to replace uh ca- you know the capitalist model yeah is actually uh char you know it's it's run by people who dropped out of professional careers. Right. And she, and Liz was just talking about that. Like, and, and then they go on to sort of attack the whole corporate structure by, by doing things for free or, you know, like, like we're doing. I, I think it's also just the, the fact, and, and I'm only touching on it briefly, but because 9-11 is coming up. Uh, after 9-11, we all started to reexamine just how fruitful it was to, to have a paycheck and and be doing things. And then you sort of say, well, is that all there is? I, I think that, that was a big question. But I, I'm reminded the last time that song was in anything was in Dr. Strangelove. That's the big quota at the end that mm-hmm. uh, Marlena Dietrich sings. And for, for years, that you know, the tune sticks in your head and stuff. It's, it's like that. But you, you realize that no, sometimes that's not all there is. Maybe that's how the DIY movement has moved forward. And, and having said that, there's, there's one other collective I'll bring up at this point. They're, they're doing a ride today, which is the family ride. And they're doing an alternative to the fact that there is an FYI festival downtown that costs some money. They've been rebuilding it's called it downtown. FYI? Yeah, and they're, they're doing an alternative uh, one downtown um, this, this afternoon with musical acts and everything right, right across from there. Now... While there might be a cacophony of sound, <laughs> be, being a sound person, it might kill you. But I, I always go to these things because I always find they're, they're very loud uh, with, um, with earplugs. And that's not because I don't want to hear, but I, I want to hear later on. Uh, there, there's mm-hmm. always this equation now with, with earbuds and everything else that you're not hearing the real quality of the sound. And I find it amazing because most of the sound you hear isn't sounded at all. It's just... a uh, uh, an incrementation of uh, uh, digital signals into what we believe is sound. Okay, let me let me put on the but fourth out of five interviews. <laughs> yeah, I, I love I love how you cut me off when I get to, to like an esoteric subject that's off off base. But mm-hmm. um, wh- what I'm trying to say with all these collectives is uh, they find their niche audience, or or what they try to do is they also try to uh, not cover everything, but cover only part of it. Uh, and and this is just the last thirty seconds. I, I know that the uh, the uh, green bike movement, the GPB, uh, located I think in the Claremont kind of section, is doing their best, but they're also doing it through through their schools and stuff. And in fact, we saw a lot of uh, university programs that are seeing the benefit of having bicycling uh, as a, as opposed to having to build more uh, just sort of shrines to the car. Uh, in terms of parking. And hey, this else. is uh, Justin from Minneapolis. I was wondering if I could talk um, on Bike Talk about the 
uh, collective. Yeah, Justin, hey, you're live on the air uh, or streaming, and how are you doing? Good, good. Um, Tell us about your... So, you, yeah. what, what bike collective are you involved there? Did you say Minneapolis? Yeah, I'm in Minneapolis, uh, just part of the Minneapolis uh, Twin Cities uh, bike collective. It's the MTTC bike collective. We um, are on uh, a local uh, community college campus. We just uh, work alongside with students, uh, actually a student-led uh, and student-run uh, collective. Uh, so we have uh, kind of like two parts to the collective. We really uh, focus mostly on repair uh, side of things because uh, the community college students, uh, being that the college is right downtown, uh, don't usually drive their car because it's so much more expensive to park and everything. So we have a lot of uh, cyclists that come by to uh, classes and everything, but they're riding these just rusty old bikes, being that uh, Minneapolis is cold and wet half the year with uh, snow and everything. We find people's bikes tend to wear out significantly faster, so we just do our best to keep them running as, as long as possible, and um, about half the staff is actually employed outside of the uh, collective at uh, local bike shops. So we're either mechanics or uh, sales uh, sales members of the various local bike shops as well. So people do it. Why, why do you think people do this? Why do you think people who are, you know, wrenching and both, you know, and, and their day job, they come and they do this? Man, you know, like, I think that, especially in the 18 to 30 or so range, there's really this this transition from, uh, like, the rat race. I know that was being discussed on uh, Bike Talk just a minute ago, just, like, people entering into the, the normal uh, 9-to-5 job, you know, and then just hating what they're doing, but actually having what they, like, doing what they love, for a cause, you know. So having uh, this right. desire to wrench on bikes and everything, have that become their career, even though you do make a significant uh, pay cut as well as uh, benefits just being non-existent in the bike industry just because it's not a Fortune 500 uh, career move, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, so what are the some of the programs that they have there? Because we're, we're talking about other collectives like in Chicago. Have you heard of Westtown Bikes? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, listening into that. Uh, our collective is actually very small. We just started probably three years ago, two years ago or so. I just joined this past year. I uh, used to actually live out in Los Angeles, so that's how I caught wind of oh, yeah. um, Bike Talk. So I thought I'd give a, give a call. Cool. But as far as the programs, we have Open Shop uh, twice a week just to uh, inform uh, the students just how to fix their bikes with uh, just minor maintenance stuff, as well as having the, the members of the collective uh, be trained professionals in the Minneapolis uh, bike shop scene. Um, we're able to give more advanced uh, courses on like how to fix the range of problems that people would have with their bikes. Uh, along with the open shops, we also have uh, different programs that just raise awareness that bikes are a legitimate form of transportation just because 
And that, that's actually pretty easy, being that Minneapolis just has such a wide uh, base of riders already. There's just, they're everywhere. It's pretty a pretty amazing city for, for cycling. Mm-hmm. But, uh, is Minneapolis, yeah, so. is, where, can you tell me, like, what its relation is to, like, Chicago? Uh, yeah, so we're, like, north-west uh, of Chicago. Okay. And, um, yeah, I, was, I used to be part of the uh, Scallywag Bike Club, so they were in close connection with Black Label um, and have been riding tall bikes for six or seven years now. And Oh, yeah, I, there's something about you and tall bikes, I heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my good friend uh, Chivu from, from the L.A. area rides around with a TV on his head, TV man. Uh, he uh, and I... I used to spend a lot of time at uh, the Valley Bikery, which is now, I think, in the East Valley, uh, and they yeah. do some some events and stuff. I used to volunteer my time at that collective, uh, but he and I got together, and I gave him my tall bike, and so I think he's been riding that around pretty much exclusively since uh, since he got it. Um, somebody in the studio doesn't believe that. Is that... But um, but that's great. So yeah, and so <laughs> so uh, what else do you think about uh, collectives? Do you do you are you in touch with other collectives through something like Think Tank or have you heard of Think Tank? Um, not so not so much. But there, there's a bicycle collective list that a lot of people are on. But oh, that's awesome. But I mean, so people are doing the same things at these collectives all over the world. And yeah, it seems like. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like uh, some kind of a movement. Yeah, I'd say that it goes back to that just desire to to help people. So there's um, kind of this movement going away from like self and what can I do to make myself better, but rather what can I do to benefit this community so that I can have a positive influence on uh, I know the culture around me, so that. I don't know people do get get out of their cars and get exercise and uh, reduce emissions and, and stuff like that. So being part of a collective is just one step towards, I don't know, reducing I don't know, climate change and and all that, as well as just benefiting a community with services pertaining to um, well-being. And uh, I think that that is something that a lot of people can can get behind. So being part of uh, a collective makes 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 sense. Just that next step yeah. uh, once you get introduced into the bike scene, which a lot of people uh, in the sense are, are scared of just because of like the buses. I know that that was mentioned earlier that those are like the nemesis of the bike scene just because they're big, overbearing, and take up so much of the road. Um, it, is, it is definitely a challenge. Uh, especially, like, living in a city where people die on bikes, you know, uh, just because of ignorant drivers. But at the same time, twice or, like, 30 times as many people die um, because of a car accident. So the... The, <clears throat> the, the risk is relatively small, but... Yeah, just... Uh, being part of something is totally worth it. It changes the world. So, 
Well, well, Justin, you've articulated very nicely how, how your work goes. This is uh, chicken leather. Um, I'm I'm curious though how how much uh, fun is still equated with what you do. I mean, um, I'm I'm looking at this like everybody's spending their. It's almost like a busman's holiday if I can use the term. So they're still on their on their day off. They ride the bus. It's similar here. On their day off, they're still working with bikes and stuff, even though they they do that all the time. Um, the the fun factor there. Um, you you still do that in in uh, the Twin Cities, right? Yeah, yeah. Just as, you mean just as far as like riding yeah. for fun or absolutely. I mean, riding for fun, uh, having a bike culture that sort of can still go out and do uh, um, jousting. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the as far as like the tall bike and jousting scene, that's gone down significantly in the Twin Cities here. Uh, it still has a great culture in Chicago and uh, New York and all those guys, the Black Label in both um, places in the Rat Patrol. They are still doing a lot of uh, that side of the freak, freak bike culture. Where um, in Minneapolis just had the all-city bike race. Um, I also was able to, to volunteer by summer, so I actually took the summer off of uh, working at the bike shop this, uh, this year and was able to lead a group of uh, there was 15 of us, so we biked from San Diego all the way to uh, Virginia Beach to, uh, just for a cause. So we just got together and heard about this cause happening over in, uh, in Africa with the droughts and everything. So we were just like, hey, let's get together, raise some money for some clean water wells and medical facilities for these, these folks overseas. And that really jived along, along with that just desire to benefit the world, you know. Just by discovering the soul, too, like biking across a huge country like the United States, you really discover something about yourself. And that's true about just being able to bike from uh, your house to a certain destination, too. You see things from a different vantage point. Just uh, everything's a little bit slower, a little bit more calm. So you can really discover uh, yourself along, uh, along the way just by riding a bike everything's kind of put into perspective absolutely i'm i'm reminded that uh the first time i heard about these things was at the bike film festival and hopefully we'll have somebody calling in a bit about that but it was it was the idea that uh you could get as you said uh fresh eyes uh, a new perspective on these things but i i, th I think the um, that you're also getting the fact that uh, with with these the new culture and kids and stuff you're also getting their enthusiasm which you miss a lot of ah. times if you've been doing it for like 10 or 15 years and you and you just uh, sort of are run down by the fact that it becomes a grind and, and you forget the fact of how, how much fun it is just to get on a bike and have that freedom too ah, absolutely absolutely just being able to be around uh, the people who are just coming into uh, the culture you get you just catch wind of their enthusiasm and you almost feed off of their energy at the same time so that's i don't know you have to you have to be in it for a while once you do get into the the grind of all right i'm going to go to work and wrench on some bikes for the next eight hours and then after that go to my garage open up my garage and the community kids just come in and they're like hey justin come fix my bike and i'm just like oh sure you know and they're just jazzed about life and being able to ride their bikes, um, that is the motivation to uh, just keep on keep on doing it. Thanks, Justin. Are, are you a friend of Bike Talk on Facebook? Can we add you? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm actually already a friend. 
Oh, cool. Well, um, this will be up on kpfk.org in a, in a few days, so you can listen to it there. Awesome. Thanks, Ed. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Yep. Okay, bye. bye. So, so he's not only a fan, he's also a member, huh? A friend. <laughs> um, let's go well, to... that's 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 fa uh, fascinating. Oh, God, now I sound like I'm stuttering again. Hey, That's fascinating, fascinating for what um, the movement is, is moving to, but I, I mentioned before about... Uh, Family doing their ride. Um, we, we got a, an email. Somebody wanted to know exactly where they're meeting. They're meeting at Crank Pop Park at uh, 3, leaving at 4. But the actual uh, uh, festival, the Free Fun Festival, is across from the FYF Festival. And you can check it out on Facebook.com. Um, or you can um, just get over to Crank Mob Park right there. Yeah, but we really got to talk about stuff that's going on in the future because most people listen to it on the podcast the future oh yes. i'm sorry <laughs> so you're like the fun specialist right you're like no just the opposite i'm the guy that that just tries to tell everybody there's also fun involved in all this and you can't be as cranky and remember but i i'm very aware of the fact that there's a cranky. bottom line to everything we you have to make rent with some of these collectives and how do you do it um we were able this do you guys, week do you guys ever do bike puns like cranky like is a bike pun Cranky, yeah. Like, like if you're, oh, if you're working on a bike, you, you might say cranky over your crank. cranky. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever used that you one? Get See, I'm being fun. Upright over your headset. I can be fun. <laughs> hey. Well, I, th I think oh, a lot upright. of it too. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to more of this fun in a minute. Uh, while you load up the last one, is is that um, we're we're trying at least to to rather equate it. And I was I was uh, sort of. Um, Referring to the fact that this last week we were able to make some money just building some bikes for people that are going to be at Burning Man, which is going on right now. And it's the idea that um, that that's a great way to get around Burning Man. But I, I really, and this is my only problem with Burning Man, a lot of people come home, they go to Burning Man, they have yeah, a great Burning time, Man. and then they leave their bike in their garage all year. I'd like mm -hmm. to believe that they should bring it back to uh, the shop, let us uh, give it a little uh, care. Burning Man, we, I compl we completely neglected Burning Man. No, get a little of that, that, that playa dirt off of it and be able to ride around L.A. and get some of that L.A. dirt on it, too. All right, so I'm going to play this. Uh, what I'm trying to say is you should bike all the time and not just at Burning Man, which is great because they have sort of show you it's a, it's a good stepping stone for people that don't ride bikes, but we like to believe that you can still ride bikes. And we'll, we'll address things like, it's too fast or there's no route or nobody's helping me or something. We, we, we want to illuminate that. But in the meantime, what do you've got up for us next? Well, this Nick? is the actually the fourth of... Did I say it last time that it was the fourth of five? But it, this is the fourth of five interviews. Or either the five of five, right? Well, there's one more <laughs> after this. But this is uh, with Shakur and Adriana, who are volunteers at the Westtown Bikes Collective in Chicago. And okay. we're hearing from the perspective of some of the, the young people involved be comfortable riding my bike cuz before I didn't usually used to ride my bike be comfortable riding my bike cuz before I didn't usually used to ride my bike so I got a new bike and then I started um riding with my sister and stuff like that and then friends from my school there's a lot of opportunities where you can get uh service learning hours so I would tell my friends at school and then that's how I told Angie I told her about it and then that's how she came here and she started helping me out with a lot of things and then Alex um told her about a few things like um, job opportunities. So she got picked to be, this is her first time working here. Working here has been like a good experience. 
for the fact that I'm really into um, saving the earth and stuff like that and going green. And with the bikes, it helps like promote that. And it really gets people into the idea, like, you know, it saves pollution and, like, gas and all the stuff that can actually, they're actually doing to the earth, it, like, like, stops it, you know? And it's a good way to, like, travel and do a lot of stuff. So have you traveled? Uh, yeah, all the time on the bike. <laughs> where, where do you go on the bike? Um, whenever we have events, we actually ride to the events. So no matter where they're at, we actually go, like, really far. The other day we had an event on, the, on 19th and California, so we rode all the way down there, and, like, we take rides to the beach and stuff like that. But you also fix bikes. Yeah, we do. Um, we work on, like, how to fix your bike. Like, right now, if anybody were to come to us and ask us, you know, uh, I need help with my bike, we'll be able to help them because uh, what they did was they prepped us. Like, when you go on events and stuff, you have to ride your bike, of course. So you would need to know what to do if your bike were to ever break down or, you know, mess up. So they taught us how to um, fix our brakes and change the brakes, and um, they taught us a lot, like how to mess with your chain and basic stuff too, and also hard stuff. So. So what can you do? Um, I can. Um, well, last last time I worked here was which which was in the fall. We actually had more hands on, and uh, we learned how to pop, how to take the wheel on and off, and if we had a um, a flat. We knew how to take the tire off and then take out the inner tube and uh, patch it with the patch kit. And then we also learned how to fix our brakes, how to check our brakes, how to check the bike. And we also do something called ABC Quick Check. And you're supposed to do that every time you get on the bike, like before you get on the bike, which is A stands for air, so you check your air. Then you check your brakes, which is B. Then for C, you check your chain. And then quick is for your quick release, and you make sure that it's tight. And then the check is you pick up the bike just a little bit and then you drop it to make sure nothing's loose. So that's something else we learned. In 10 weeks, we should be, well, nine weeks now because we started last week. And they're going to teach us how to better our people skills and like um, presentation skills. That's why we have the events. And then they're also having something called um, Girls Bike Club. And it's only for girls. And it like gets the girls more involved because right now if you were to go into our regular bike club you'll see like maybe one girl and like 10 boys so they're like trying to separate it now so you know get girls more involved and more comfortable working on bikes and you know and what else we're gonna be doing the agricultural stuff they're also they're also having us do like um farming and stuff like that and um the like the like in city farms you know how they have them in the roofs and stuff like that they're having us do that, and with the girls' bike club, we were talking the other day about, you know, I think it's called mass culture, something like that, the thing they do in downtown, and how they were thinking of doing, like, a girl version, like, last culture, something like that. Hmm. We were talking about that. And, like, in girls' bike club, we come up with a lot of good ideas to, like, in bringing girls into, like, the bike culture. Because it hasn't started know? yet. We haven't really, like, had the girls' bike club yet. Right now, we're just thinking of ideas, how to get it started. Mm-hmm. This is going to so, be a girls' bike club. Yeah, yeah. So us that are working, all the girls that are working for right now for the summer apprenticeship at West Town Bikes. That's kind of our goal. To yeah. Get, yeah, to get, more girl, to get more girls in at the end of the... Yeah. So right now, yeah. like, we're all, everybody's learning some of everything. You're not just learning about one thing. Like, you're going to be doing events. You're going to be doing Girls Bike Club. You're going to be doing the uh, agricultural farming and all that stuff. So whose idea was the Girls Bike Club? Was that yours? Um, I think it was actually Liz's. Uh, yeah. Liz's. The program she, manager. Yeah. So she, I guess she brought the idea to us, and she wanted us to brainstorm and, like, know what we thought about it. So she just gave us the idea, and we had to, you know, take it from there. 
my family, like my mom works here now. She started working here last year. And before that, we didn't really ride our bike. We were, you know, like we would go everywhere in the car and we would not ride our bikes. And, and when, ever since she started working here, that's when we started getting involved with like riding our bike and like leaving the car parked somewhere and just going on a bike ride. So. Um, and I heard, was it your little sister who's now able to make a little money on, on Yeah. She's, yeah. Cool. Yeah, she's been going to the bike club. Not the girls' bike club because we didn't start that, but the, you know, the regular bike club. And um, so she, my mom really likes that and everybody else at West Town because uh, they need like a lot of more girl mechanics out there. So they were very impressed to see Naomi because that's her name, my sister. Because there's usually guys working on bikes and stuff. So, um, yeah, she, like her friends, they know she goes to bike club or she knows how to fix bikes. And even the boys that are in bike club with her, if they need help, they go to her. And also her friends, like, there's this boy that lives across the street from us that she goes to school with. And he'll be like, Naomi, can you come help me? And so, yeah, I think she she made a little bit of money by fixing his bike or patching up his tire or something. It was pretty funny. So she's just taking off. Yeah. She might be a bike mechanic. Mm-hmm. That's what my mom's hoping for her. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So tell me about uh, the, your teachers, your instructors. Who, who's teaching you? Right now I have Liz, right? No, that's the program manager. You have Gennaro. Gennaro. We have Gennaro right now. Yeah. We're doing you events have, today. Yeah. You have, every, like today, okay, yeah, we have Gennaro because we're doing events. But um, there's um, different uh, instructors for everything. Like for events, there's Gennaro. For like uh, cargo bikes, there's Lepster. For uh, um, girls' for bike club, there's Zoro. Yeah. So. So it's each category has a different instructor. Yeah. And like you'll do something each week. You have one thing one week and another thing one week. So it like switches off basically. So you get a taste of everything. It is broken into categories mm-hmm. because like every week, like every Monday, we would have to come in and check our schedule to see what we're doing because it's always going to change. Like, we only have, um, when we look at the schedule, it's only a week. So next week we have to come and look at our schedule because we're going to be doing different things. So, like, we're not going to do the same thing twice. For me, um, when I was younger, I didn't really get out much. Like, my mom kept me and my sister in the house because this wasn't such a great neighborhood, but now it's gotten a lot better. So riding bikes and in the neighborhood that, like, I think it's a statement, like, when kids ride their bikes, or especially when it's, like, a big group of us, like, for West Town Bikes, when we go out as a group, I think it says a statement of, like, we're not scared, like, we need to stop all this nonsense, and ever since, like, bikes came in, I think the neighborhood has calmed down, because now they're more aware of children being around, and, like, it has to be safe for us, so that's another reason why I started riding my bikes, because I feel safer, Cause they get you started, you know, riding with groups, and then you're gonna want to do it on your own, like just to ride to the store or ride to your friend's house, or so. I think, yeah, bikes have changed my life like that. And then, like, it's also um, showing me other people that like to be around, like to, they like to have bikes, like they like to ride bikes as much as I do, and they like to work with bikes as much as I do. So it's like I'm meeting people that like to do stuff that I do. So it's like good. Like when I get older. I'm not going to be so into, like, the cars. I'm going to be into getting around, like, like economically, I guess you could say. On bikes. Yeah, on bikes. And it's just going to become part of your life. Like, once you've gone through one of these things, it becomes, like, who you are, basically. Even if 
like a lot of my friends that go to Lane Tech, they do live far, so they have to take like two buses to school every day. So even it, it could still be nice, you know, to tell them you could always put your bike on the bus and take the bus somewhere, but then get off and then ride your bike half the way or stuff like that. So we've been talking to our friends about, you know, riding your bikes and like whenever we would tell them, let's go somewhere, we'll be like, make sure you bring your bike so that way we can all go on our bikes. So, and it is like more convenient because you don't have to worry about traffic and how long sitting there waiting for the bus. So it's And just, you also save a lot of money and it's like good for the environment. Once yeah. Time. And you also get exercise. Yeah, that, that too. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's worried about their figuring out it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so Stephen Box is going to call in in a second. He okay. Just well, uh, let's let's talk about what we we just heard. This is uh, pretty fantastic. How we have that indicator group or species that feels comfortable enough to ride bikes. The indicator stuff. species. Yes. You keep saying that. Yes, Why don't you like, just like I'm, I'm breaking it into to what does that mean? etymology and, and uh, almost taxonomy within the what is an indicator species the, in, in you know, biology labeling and naming all these things no what, what it is is this is the, the group that you need to um, make it safe enough for for everybody if you make it safe enough for women or if you make it safe enough for kids then everybody else will feel safe enough right even, even those guys that don't care I, I was depicted once as being somebody that rode everywhere and did everything and and was fearless, and uh, I, I think it, it came from, of all people, the Metro used to have a sort of a description of what their ridership was, and then they had the description of what bike ridership was, and they were trying to equate how they could get either A, people to ride the bike, or who would ride, and so somewhere along the line, um, I think was it was this Michelle in a Mallory pamphlet or, or like on a no no this is in, within their I think it probably started as an inner what is it inner uh, office sort of demo- demographic and then it became published and a then memo? it became something else okay but uh, at at one point they were going through it at a slide presentation I think at the Habeas Corpus Gallery um, where that was. I was, I was, I think she was just using uh, chicken leather, the, the chicken leather. Now I'm talking in third person about myself. This wow, is very bad. you are big time. But, but they were talking about it like, like, yeah, this is the indicating species of who, who will ride anywhere and everything. And I said, well, wait a second, I, I, I get just as scared about everything else. It's just that the fact that sometimes um, needs trump. Um, safety in, in, or uh, right, desires so and wants. An Trump, indicator species Trump personal in biology. Yes. What would that be like? A frog or a salamander? Sort of, sort of showing that global warming is coming. If it's, you don't see the, any more frogs right. in Frogtown, then you know that something's wrong, and you should actually. But if address you it. if you do see frogs, you know something's right. And if you see, I saw some girls on bikes. If you see girls I on heard bikes, some frogs. Yes. Then that's you know good. that's a good sign that, that maybe the bike we're scene is turning the corner. Where um, were the frogs that you heard? Um, it was really late at night, so it might have just been a couple of frogs. You know, where were you? That were lost. I saw a coyote uh, in. Uh, yeah, that's not good. Hancock that, Park. That means the coyote is being forced Displaced. out of its own natural habitat, and it's having to look for new digs. Actually, it's funny because one of our members at the collective, let's just say we we have a native name for him. We call it uh, uh, pedaling with coyotes here. His his Tonka Tonka name um, I- instead of 
uh, what, what is that? Dancing with wolves. He pedals with coyotes. Uh, he's always getting nipped at. He said by who is this? Later tonight. What one of the harves at uh, the bike cover? You have more but, than one. But we're yeah, sadly we do. But uh, or or conversely, happily we do. <laughs> well, yeah. Why would you say sadly? Sorry, well, Harv. Let Let's just say that um, they're. Their safety trumps, and this is what I was getting back to, their safety trumps the fact of, like, service. They'll come out and fend coyote attacks just to volunteer at the bike oven, which I think is great. So I, I just don't the want it to oven. die, and that's what the Why don't the you give out the was. address of the bike oven? Since you're The bike oven is at 3706 North Figueroa. Uh, that's off the Gold Line Heritage Square stop if you are so inclined to take public transportation. Bike talk. Off of uh, Figueroa. And Hello? Now comes the phone call. Bike talk. Hello? Lost in the depths of phone theologic. Maybe they'll call back. So, so. Uh, we're, we're open today, and I'm going to rush over there after I do this show to rush back and do uh, cool. the other show. 213 252 0998. 213 252. And um, it is Kill Radio and KPFK it's, on the podcast. It's Bike Talk. Bike talk. There you go. Sometimes these cell phones are so temperamental. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Or hey, it's uh, Justino. Hey, Justino. Thanks for calling. Uh, we just talked to your friend, Justin. Oh, hey, cool. And, How'd it go? Uh, it, well, it was good. He told us all about uh, his, his, his the bikery. Thoughts about, thoughts about the collective in uh, Minneapolis and, and uh, biking, tall bikes, and the bikery. Yeah, cool. Um, so what are you doing today? How's the scene in the valley? I'm actually on my way to set up some fireworks. I'm That's right. You're a pyrotechnician. Yeah. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Is that the term for it? Pyrotechnician? Uh, I guess pyro assistant or something. Pyrotechnic technician. Not licensed yet. Um, so you actually make the fireworks happen? Yeah. Where are the fireworks tonight? Uh, it's basically a, a finale for a B-52 show at the Mission of Viejo Lake or something. I don't know. I've never oh, been there. Oh, awesome. Um, I thought they I died. To, to get my certification eventually. Well, um, that sounds really cool. So, so, um, what's your experience with bike collectives? Bike collectives are awesome. Um, I think, I think they should be in every, like, major community just because they, they serve they serve lots of purposes. Uh, they, it's basically like, like your own, your own bike shop for everybody. You know, um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's evolving, but it's, it's really, it's really cool. I like it. Um, and what bike collective are you kind of connected to, or have you been connected to? Uh, I've worked with the Valley Bikery, of course. Um, I've worked with uh, the Bikesanos a little bit. They're awesome. Uh, I took, I think, the, uh, the volunteer help? orientation at the Bike Kitchen, but I never got to volunteer there. It's over the hill. What What is uh, Bikesanos? Tell us about that. Bikesanos, they're awesome. They're they're based in like Pacoima and San Fernando. Um, they're just basically a group of really close friends who get together have really uh really insightful and um uh effective meetings uh 
towards actually getting their own brick and mortar co-op like everybody else. Um, and they've got a lot of resources going for them. They work with Bitcoin and Beautiful. I think uh, they they just do a lot of cool things. They have, I think, rides once in a while. Um, and they're like a, a baby bikery or bike kitchen in San Fernando. That, that's great. This is chicken leather. Have you seen, and this is just my comment, having worked with uh, a different number of collectives and seeing collectives, do you, do you ever want to see things change or these things go in a different direction than they're going and you say, hey, this is how it is over at this bike shop or you use another collective as an example? What's up, chicken leathers? Um, you know, I think what it is right now, we're, everybody's doing what they can. Um... Of course, there can definitely always be more volunteers, just because uh, it's all it's all volunteer cooperatives, and you know everybody's trying to try to do their own thing on the side. But everybody's also working towards this common purpose of getting more bikes on the streets, making streets safer in everybody's community. Um, and it's it's really important that everybody works together uh, and uses each other's. Uh, um, uh, abilities and and everything towards the, towards really making this work um, because it's it's worth it. I've I've put a lot of time into it. A lot of people that I know put a lot of time into it. And Absolutely, I think, I think yeah. it might it might be uh, something fostered because we work in Los Angeles to sort of take for granted the idea that movies are so much more collective. I mean, every once in a while you will see. You know, one person sort of take it over like Sylvester Stallone and do everything on the film, but more or less the studio kind of men mentality here, the idea of television, everybody kind of works for the betterment of the show or yeah. the concept. So I, I, I believe that working naturally comes to the to the West Coast, but we're, we're seeing all over this idea of working together for a common good is, is really taking part and everybody has their faults and everybody has their... their Let's just say they're they're better points. In yeah, and and what it all boils down to, chicken mothers, is bicycles are all around the world. I mean, people use bicycles from here to Manila, Philippines, to Vancouver, Canada, to Argentina. You know, everybody everybody rides bicycles. Uh, bicycles generally break unless you have like some kind of crazy bicycle that I haven't heard of yet. Um, and if if everybody like knows it. at least a little bit how to fix them, like it's it's really useful for everybody. Absolutely, um, it's funny you should mention uh, the Philippines because uh, this this last couple weeks, uh, the Echo Park Film Center has had its uh, um, artist in residence, and he's been from the Philippines and. Cool. They were going to give him a car, but I guess they gave him a bicycle, and he found it right. more convenient to get around town on a bicycle in yeah. transportation than it was a car. He said, I, I get to see so much more, and I, I think that's, I, I've done that with friends from out of town. If you take them in a car, you know, they're, they're enthusiastic about you going with them and showing them sights, but if you take them on a bicycle, it just sort of says, wow, they can experience so much more of the city. It slows everything down to a more human perspective as opposed to everything rushing by at 60 miles per hour, you know? Yeah, but um, ha having said that, it's it's also great, I think, 
speed is just an illusion sometimes in a car. We think just because we're going faster, we're getting somewhere faster, which is yeah. just the opposite in Los Angeles. Yeah. If you, I'm, I'm actually staring at traffic right now, trying to get to the uh, the launch site. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're familiar with how things that were made to increase speed are actually decreasing speed, and yep. and that's the other part I think of what a collective can do. We can we can look at how maybe in the far off future as a as a planning device with cities and something, this might be a way to alleviate it for cars. So yeah, you're, you're reducing the the amount of cars on the road and thereby increasing speed for cars and yet increasing speed also for bicycles if you built that infrastructure. So it's a win win for both of that Yeah, it's totally I, I totally agree with you. We should we should definitely just have more it's not against but uh Cars. Nobody's fighting cars. Cars and automobiles are really important in society. But there's a lot of times where it's it's really just kind of silly to drive a car two miles to get to work when you could easily bike and get a workout in between and not have to go to the gym after. Um, but what's also cool is that uh, we we do have the the ability to work with the city and collectively make changes as we as we saw with what was starting to happen with the uh, LA bike plan um, people they just set up sent out the call and, and people started showing up and the next thing you know people are like in the government are actually taking us a little bit seriously or so it seems um, so we could we could do this we could do this on a couple different fronts we just gotta work together basically maybe that's what Obama's gonna talk about before the football game on Thursday uh -huh. Some national bike plan. Really? Nice. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm sure it's <laughs> going to be about jobs. But conversely, this would be a great way to, to get uh, more or less uh, uh, illuminate the fact that transportation is a big part of our budget, not only with the gas, but, but everything else. If we could take all that funding and stuff and put it towards something else, we yeah, might be able to get away. There's at least $2 billion um, in, into the Department of Transportation itself, uh, I think, every year. So, I mean, a little bit of that could go towards more options for more people, I think, hopefully. All right, Justino, um, this is Nick again. Justino, uh, we're going to call uh, Stephen Box, and he's going to talk to us about Art Cycle. Awesome, yeah, cool. It was, it was good to talk to you guys. I'm, I'm almost at work, so uh, perfect. Cool. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks Have for a good day, guys. Right. Red tape. Right. You too. Justino, as you know, is is like a uh, he's not only big in the volunteer community. He's also a conduit to one of my superheroes that we haven't seen out at a lot of events lately. Because I guess he's he's making that conversion to digital, and that's a uh, uh, TV man who showed up for the the. Uh, the Coaster Break Challenge, which which we do out there in the valley too sometimes, and and of course I I, I want to put in a blurb even though we, we haven't addressed it, but uh, uh, we know that we were supposed to do a summer film, and we're we're getting towards the end of summer here at uh, Paul's Atomic Cycles. We're we're going to suggest that everybody come back down and see the Bike Film Festival next week, and then we'll see about getting something out there in the future. Um, it was just too damn hot and too damn hard with all of the events that went on this summer to get out there. Um, also, it was also just just myself trying to 
find more time in the chicken leather day to, to do stuff. So, um, chicken leather. Yes. Somebody on our Facebook page wants to know, actually it's April, she wants to know what's fun and free tonight to do. Well, it's, it's, it's funny you should mention that. We mentioned the family ride. There's also afterwards the mom cleanup. Mom's riders are cleaning up after the family ride. And this is going into the night. Uh, as mentioned, it's downtown, but they're doing a ride from the west side over to the east side. And I guess you can catch up with it on, on Facebook or on Midnight Riders. It's, it's listed there. And I'll, I'll just preface the fact that Crankmont Park is out there what is near, what is it, Venice and Bagley or Venice, wherever that street is that the actors gang and Trader Joe's is on the, on the west side. Here we go. Here's another Hello? phone call. Stephen Box. Hello. Stephen Box. Hello. Hello, you can't hear me? No. Hello? Uh, hold on, maybe I press mute. Uh, all right. So that was Stephen Bach. Maybe he hit mute on his. Maybe he hit mute. Unhit mute on ours. I don't think it was <laughs> muted. So um, can Steven, we? Let, you you want to want to do the the ramp up to Stephen Box? Stephen Box. Okay, do the Being ramp in up the, in the big community in the bike community. Uh, to Stephen Box. I met Stephen Box about four or five years ago on a bike ride. He was being pulled over. Actually, he wasn't being pulled over. He was on the side of the road with a bus, of all things. And I thought the bus had hit him. And he said, no, he was calling in on the bus. Apparently, the bus had sideswiped him. But he didn't know it. And finally, he just said, oh, screw this. I'm going to call somebody in authority to check this out. And that's Hello, Bike Talk. Hey, Stephen. Hey, Stephen. What's going on? What's that? Um, we were trying to give an introduction to you. Chicken Love was giving an introduction, and the, he, it involved you being sideswiped by a bus. But you're also a, an activist, and you ran for city council president, and you got your bike blog. Nick, I can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> well, just, Turn can up you hear your me radio. I can hear um, sounds. All right, why don't you just tell me about Art Cycle? Can you, can you just tell me about Art Cycle? Oh, yeah, it's not really going very well. Um, can you I don't text know why. Him back just to call in and tell us about Art Cycle. Okay. Um, well, we'll we'll text you. Text. I don't know what's going so on. So Stephen Box started uh, working with issues. I think he also started what was it? Bike Share. Was that the program out in, uh, at Microwave with Alec Thompson? Where they would talk about uh, bike issues and bike infrastructure and how to get bikes on the next level. By that I mean how to get bikes recognized as valid forms of transportation and get some of that quote unquote funding towards uh, this. And I don't think funding is just money, but I think it's also just uh, uh, the 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 veneer of of it being visual towards everyone and by visual i mean not just on a monetary sense but also on a on a social sense um yeah there's a bunch of stuff they did together with uh, bike side i think bike side that's yeah. it not bike share i think bike share was was uh similar to bike sage which was a program Let's he's going to try again maybe it's the me? telephone steven is it our phone i don't know i don't think can it's our me? phone yes right. i can hear you all right all right. Chicken leather hearable? I can hear you. Oh, my goodness. I can hear you in the studio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So what's going on? You know, here I am, riding down the street. What are you guys up to? 
<laughs> Doing a radio show. Okay. And Chickalette is laughing in the background? Yo. Yeah. Of course. He finds everything funny. Funny, haha. Not funny like a clown. So, uh, what's today? The third? Oh, God. The third. What, have I yes. calendared out too? Exactly. I'm going to get like a wise guy. Yeah, I'm on a bike ride. Yeah. Art cycle comes to the streets of East Hollywood. Yeah, why, why does yeah. it have to come to our streets? Yeah. T- tell us yeah. about Art Cycle. Well, you know, uh, there's Art Walk. Right. Really? Like the one downtown. Yeah, a lot of people get killed there. Where people walk around and look at art and uh-huh. try to find the food trucks. And, and it's gotten too big. And and then there's Art Cycle. Yay. Where we uh, ride our bikes. And uh, there's going to be a lot of bike rides. We make art. We take over the street. And so Santa Monica Boulevard, the historic Route 66, as you may recall, from Vermont to Virgil, is uh, being emptied of motor vehicles and filled with people. You know, kind of the way the street should be. Uh And there will be bike rides. There's going to be a kinetic bike race from Barnesdale down to uh, Art Cycle. What does the word kinetic mean in that sense? Well, it means that people are kind of... Motion. ...building bicycles that are rolling art installations, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, they're kind of making bicycle art. It's street bikes with better colors, I guess. How's that? Yeah. Um, and so there's a kinetic... The, the only rule is that it needs to roll and pedal. Uh, it's not the only rule. So it's kind of a low-rule uh, art cycle. There's going to be some other bike tours. There's an architectural bike tour called Bike House, and uh, that's a fairly um, funky ride with some hills because it'll be uh, visiting a lot of the architectural masters up in, up in the hills. Uh, there's a Paramount Studios bike tour, Hollywood Forever bike tour, and, this and uh, the bike tour is all, um, they're on the website, which is artcyclela.com. They'll leave at different times. And, and they arrive. And, of course, there's music. So they leave, the tours leave from Art Cycle. Yeah, the, uh, the, the tours leave from, leave from Art Cycle over there at Madison and... Uh, Santa Monica, which is right there by the Kalanga Library. Are, are you riding a bike so, right now? There's right. a few ways to get there. Of course, the obvious one is to ride your bike. Uh, the second one is to take the metro, get off at the uh, Santa Monica and Vermont Red Line Station, and just, uh, you know, you'll see, the, you'll see the food trucks right there on Santa Monica All Boulevard. Right, so, so, so it sounds great. So we're going we're gonna to come to Art Cycle, and we're going to have a great time. And now there's uh, there's rumor of Bike Talk having a booth there. Yeah, we got to So we're gonna have a space, or how's that? Yeah, gonna you're gonna. Well, I, from what I understand, it'll be like it'll be a VIP uh, Bike Talk lounge. Wow! Right there on the street with and Kill I, Radio. I, I think that DJ Chicken Leather has been collecting lost sofas from the neighborhood. I don't know how many we have I, now. I saw two outside but, my uh, house, but they, I, I have to go get them. I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, double-decker VIP lounge. Okay, so it's going to be a double-decker VIP lounge? 
Well, you know, there's always going to be a penthouse suite, you know, the upstairs, the V-I-V-I-V-I-D. Wow, this is going to be great. It's going to be like a bike castle. So there's, so this um, is the first I've heard of double music decker. Also, there's two stages. There's one at the Vermont end and one at the Virgil end. And uh, Goldfields is playing uh, Le Blanc or Les Blanc. Uh, I say Le Blanc because it's more it's European. Les Blanc. But yeah, it's French. And Echo Park, I think they say Les Blanc. But, Le, uh, Le Blanc. So one band is from Australia. And one band is from Echo Park. Huh? How's that for uh, hitting two of the four corners? One's a little bit alternative. One's a little and, bit. And uh, so the like bands are listed. There's noise, DJs. Right? Um, so there's food trucks, music, entertainment. Um, it's for all ages. So um, for the senior citizens like uh, DJ Chicken Leather and I, there'll be uh, entertainment. We'll be playing bingo, I suppose, over in the senior set- citizen nice. section. And then, of course, there's uh, music. There's a children's entertainment section. G52. So I think the librarians of the Quanga Library can come out and have a little uh, library lounge, which cool. will be competing with the Bike Talk Lounge for uh, for uh, the crowd there. All right. Sounds great. And so we're going to talk to you in the weeks ahead, right, about this? Too. Now, gonna... yeah, I'd like to see if we could bring some of the, uh, the bands and the ride leaders by the studio there, the luxurious Bike Talk studio for mm. a brunch and a chat that would be excellent maybe, maybe that sounds perfect maybe so we could do in the following week in the, the afternoon after bike talk saturday saturday um see what we can ro- pass some of the bands some of the cycling uh we'll, we'll try leaders. to get luca oh and also you know this beneath is, the uh, underdog actually well, about art let's keep that in mind and if, as you recall last year roadblock had a um, a t-shirt screening. Get off the back. And they were, um, a lot of people were making art right in the street, whatever their particular artistic expression was. So there's plenty of uh, booths open to local artists who'd like to come and make art, sell art, show art, be art. Because um, that's the bulk of uh, the streets is filled with booths, um, filled with artists and crafts people making art. There's a woman that uh, um, was making cupcakes as art. Someone else was knitting. So there's all sorts of great traditional and non-traditional artistic expressions. Yeah. And uh, I think it's way awesome. All right. Thanks, that's, Steven. That's Steve. All right, you guys. Chicken Leather has a question. Hold on. Sure. Real quickly, uh, there's also another kind of FYI movement that's leading into this, and that's uh, if you could just talk for a minute, just a minute on this, is the fact that uh, it's also uh, parking day that's leading into this, right? That's very interesting that you mentioned that. On the 16th, which is Friday, it's parking day. It's the fifth annual parking day in the city of L.A. And uh, last year, I think DJ Chicken Leather, uh, you and I, both led uh, rides in different directions to tour all of the parks. There's a great one up there by local uh, that's coming in. Downtown, they're building parklets. In Westwood, there's a, they're doing a town square with a free speech zone. Um, so people do some really fun and creative uh, parking day expressions, which is whether you step up to the curb, put a quarter in the meter, take a curbside parking space, and turn it into a park. So that's really exciting and uh, 
some of them are aspirational. It's people that want to actually turn a piece of property into a park and so they build a little park out front, you know, to drum up support. Some of them are artistic expressions and some of them are downright fun. Last year, a guy in Silver Lake, a chef, yeah. he built a portable kitchen and cooked for all of his friends, which is kind of a cool thing. Um, what do you make? Oh, he was he was just a, a little a sous chef that brought out brought out the burners and started, uh, you know, showing off his uh, his culinary skills for his friends, and so they just made a little uh, street side kitchen. Wow. So um, yeah, parking day. Where can we find that online? Well, parkingdayla.com, and the other one is uh, artcyclela.com. And the common thread of all of these is. Uh, in addition to the dot com, is uh, L.A. Because, uh, you know, pretty creative place, isn't it? There's always something great going on. And by the way, a lot of the Parking Day L.A. folks will be bringing their park uh, over to Art Cycle. It's a thing called Parallel Parking. And uh, so we're going to get two days of parks out of the park. So from the park lift to, um, you know, the Park Lounge, the great expressions of Parking Day LA at uh, Art Cycle. So there's two, and, and um, ParkingDayLA.com and ArtCycleLA.com. All right, very cool. Thank you. And then and we're at the end of the show. Thanks for calling in, Steve. All right, man. Have talk to you. All right. Keep riding. All right, see you guys. All right, bye. All right, we are... At the end of the show. Well, that's 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 fantastic. I, I just want to add and touch on a couple things. Uh, I know I've been blurbing about the Bike Film Festival, but I, I found in there uh, something, what we were talking about, about uh, uh, bikes and stuff. It's part of their uh, day program, I think, on Saturday. They're doing a lot of things with uh, bikes and DIY within not only here, but in, in Mexico and Zambia. And there'll be shorts and films addressing that. We're going to try and cover more of it uh, later today on uh, Talk is Still Cheap. That's uh, from 6 to 8 here on Kill Radio. And you were saying that nobody was going to understand Luca. Luca is uh, the program that follows us here on uh, Bike Talk. He does uh, Beneath the Underdog on, on Kill Radio. But uh, he's uh, he's sort of nodded and he's going to help us out uh, with uh, All right, thanks this added programming. Um, so, so there you go. That, and that's another great episode of Bike Talk on Bike awesome. Collectives. See you next time.